This is the Starting Good Podcast. I'm Alex Gramling. We um, make sandwiches. We bag them separately in Ziploc bags, and we will pack them into a car from there on, and we'll bring them to a local shelter, mission, a food pantry, soup kitchen, and then they will then distribute them. That's Aaron Dynan, the founder of One Sandwich at a Time, a nonprofit that engages volunteers in sandwich making to feed New York's homeless population. Since its founding, Erin's charity has provided food to thousands of homeless and hungry individuals. Her ingredients are simple: bread, peanut butter and jelly, ham and cheese. Volunteers will gather for a few hours in donated kitchen space and build hundreds of sandwiches, which are then delivered to local shelters and food pantries. Erin is originally from the South. She moved to New York to pursue a career in photography. She says her chance encounter one morning with a homeless man changed her life and gave her the inspiration for one sandwich at a time.、Uh, I had just moved to New York. I guess I had been living in New York for about six months, and I was in Grand Central Station because, in order for me to get home, I was commuting in from Westchester, which is a little bit north of the city. Um, so I was running late for my train, and I was very hungry. So I popped in. I grabbed a bagel sandwich, and as I'm darting towards my train, I was sort of struck by、uh, the image of this man who was hungry, and he asked if I had anything. And without thinking, I gave him half of my sandwich. It was already pre-cut. I gave him half of my sandwich, and I knew that I wouldn't have finished the sandwich either. It was a huge. Sandwich, and it's amazing because the look on his face of gratitude was—I think he was surprised that I had done it, and he—he he was so grateful that someone was helping him to make it to his next meal. And it hit me that it could be something as small as an action like that of, of giving some of your food to someone and using your own hands and helping someone else that needs it. Well, um, it was an image that has stuck with me and really inspired me to create to move on to the next step of creating one sandwich at a time. It was a powerful moment. So let me ask you about that moment. Do you think your、uh, intuitive reaction to give a homeless person part of your sandwich is different from that of of many native New Yorkers? I don't think. Actually, that's a really good question. I do think that Native New Yorkers and everyone, you know, whether we're in New York or any large city, I do think people want to help, and I, I do think that people are they're saddened when they pass by individuals on the streets that are homeless and they're asking for money or any help that they can get. I think a lot of people don't know what to do and they don't know how to help. And I do think there is also a level of defense that comes up when you've lived in the city for a while, where You're in a rush. You're focused on where you need to go, and you also question the motives of people that are asking you, you know, for money or food. I think that sometimes it's、um, it isn't a top priority of of yours to want to help people when you're so focused on, you know, trying to survive yourself in the city and、um, where you're going and catching your train. I, I do think people want to help, though they just. Or they're scared to. I think a lot of people are scared to face the reality of homelessness because in New York you can walk down a street or an avenue. Just the other day, I did, and I sort of 
counted in my, my head how many individuals I've passed that were homeless. And it was so sad because within one street, so within a five-minute walk, I passed four people that were, that were homeless. And I, that's, that's something that becomes so um, habitual to people living in New York. They see it every day. And I, that's the reason I created the charity was I wanted to decrease the numbness that you see every day with homelessness. So let's talk about the creation of, of the charity how did that act of giving evolve into your larger nonprofit? Did you go home right away that evening and say, this is something that I want to do? Or, or did you uh, sit on the idea for a while? What happened next? Yeah, I, it's, it sort of all happened at once, and it's hard to remember exactly what happened. But I went home, and I was really moved by, by that experience. And I had just seen a documentary called The Human Experience, and it had really, really moved me. And I, I knew that I wanted to do something similar. I wanted to use my, my love for art and photography to make a difference. So I, I came home, and I tried to figure out, how can I do this? How can I, how can I try to formulate all of my ideas going through my head and try to make a difference? And I called my sister. My sister actually sort of gave me the idea. She said, why not you use your camera? You love taking pictures, why don't you try to merge the two? Because I had been exhibiting art in New York for, you know, for the months that I had been living there. And although I loved it, there was a component that I was missing where I really wanted to feel like I was making a difference. And um, so I listened to my sister, as any younger sister does. And I took my camera and I started photographing people on the streets that I passed by um, in New York. So with their permission, you know, it, it was it was hard to find people that wanted to open up and speak about what they had gone through and also have their, you know, a, an image taken of them, which I completely understood. But the, the people that I had spoken to, their stories really just moved me um, and, and also opened my eyes to the realism that these people are... are no different than myself. They're no different than my family, people I know, people I've grown up with. They have degrees. They have, some have really loving families. They have children. They just, they've just had a hard break or they've been down on their luck and they've somehow ended up on the streets. And um, I decided to pack sandwiches with me each day because I, I was an artist. I, I was sort of struggling myself. I didn't know how to give back to these people, so I packed sandwiches, and whenever I passed by someone on the street or whenever I spoke with them or heard their story, I would just give them a sandwich, and sometimes I would just do it silently. I'd pass by, give them a sandwich, and keep walking, but there's always that moment where they see what you're doing, and they just look at you with gratitude, and you can just see it in their eyes, and I, it really hit me that that action, that simple, simple action of making a sandwich with extra bread that I probably would have thrown out anyways um, really helped. I think it teaches others that they can make a difference with their own two hands, and it, it, it helps those on the street to realize that someone cares about them, that they aren't invisible. I think a lot of times with the few people that I've spoken to, a few people have told me that they feel invisible, um, when they're on the streets with so many people passing by. So I think the simple action just created an awareness that hopefully was 
impactful and needed in the city just to show them that someone cared and that a simple action like that can help someone make it to their next meal at least. And so how did you go beyond um, this giving as a, as a, you know, an isolated act, something that you were doing, uh, to something that you started to engage other people in? It's, um, it all happened. I say it happened my day because I had an art show at the International Arts Movement, and the way that I found out about them was through the documentary, The Human Experience, that I saw. So I contacted them after seeing it. They exhibited some of my work, and we had an art opening, and I invited my friends. Basically, I invited everyone that I knew in New York, and um, and I've made some great friends within the art community, so they came out to support, and the gallery let me speak about my sandwich project. I brought sandwiches, I spoke about what I was doing, and um, we even had the spot, we had the support of Brooklyn Brewery, they donated some beer, and I tried to raise some money so we could take it to the next level, and I told my friends about it. And um, it really grew from there. I had I had a few friends pull me aside and say you should really apply for your five hundred one c three fund five hundred one c three status and make this a nonprofit where it becomes tax exempt, where you can grow it, where you can have sandwich events um, just around the city. And we did, and it was sort of just a one. It was an organically grown <laughs> charity. And um, we we just took it one step at a time, and we started, we planned for months for our first sandwich-making event, and it was really exciting. We had a jazz band perform, and we had refreshments and snacks, and I went all out <laughs> for the sandwich event, and we made, I think we fed 400, and that was such a, a huge accomplishment, and everyone was really excited because they could come out and make a sandwich, and it, it was a simple, simple task to ask of busy New Yorkers. And I think that's why it's grown, because people are busy in the city, and if they want to pop in after work and make a sandwich and go home, they still feel like they've made a difference, and they have. Or if they want to stay for two hours and make a hundred sandwiches, then they've also made a huge difference. But it's, it's incredible, because our first event, we made 400, and then we just kept going from there, and now at each event we make, you know, between 800 to 2,000 sandwiches, and it's been a really beautiful journey. Talk a little more about the logistics of those events and getting sandwiches ultimately into the hands of, of hungry homeless people. How does that, how does that work? Yeah, so we, we find a kitchen. Thankfully, that was actually, it was difficult at first to find kitchens. I didn't really have ties with a lot of, you know, uh, public kitchens in the city. But we had a few, thankfully, that were willing to work with us, um, and we have a few more recently. So we find a kitchen that's willing to work with us. We bring all of the ingredients. We try our best to get them donated um, by local bakeries or even Whole Foods. Larger corporations have, have sponsored and donated food to us. So we'll bring those the night before and set everything up. We'll tell everyone about the event. So that the day of the event, it's, the sandwich-making event is about two hours in itself. And they're usually evening events, so people can come after work. And you just show up. You put, you sign in. You you put on your hairnet, your gloves, and say hello to everyone. We have music playing. And we, we set up multiple tables of um 
sandwich-making stations, <laughs> that we call them. <laughs> so in each sandwich-making station, there's, you know, however many people can fit in that section. We um, make sandwiches, we bag them separately in Ziploc bags, and we will pack them into a car from there on, and we'll bring them to a local shelter, mission, a food pantry, soup kitchen, and then they will then distribute them for um, the individuals that either live in the shelter or for their food programs. Because my original idea was that we can make sandwiches and then each person would hit the streets of New York and give them out themselves. But there's a lot of um, logistical things in there that probably aren't the, the best. And there's a lot of um, regulations as well with distributing food in New York. So we work with third parties. So we'll pack up a car of boxes of all of our sandwiches, and then we'll bring them to various shelters within the city. Now, as you well know, some people uh, feel very strongly uh, about not giving handouts to homeless people. They may feel like they're enabling homeless people or, or that their efforts are really just a Band-Aid on a much larger problem. Do you understand that, and, and how do you react to that? Yeah, I do, and I understand it more now, and I don't judge it as more as, as much as I had before. I understand it from meeting some people that were once homeless and hearing their stories and understanding what they've been through. And to be honest, I struggle with that. There's days where I, I think to myself, are we, are we making a difference? Are we, I know the chances of us single-handedly ending hunger in New York City is quite small, but I have to keep in mind that we are making a difference and that the small actions are what really, really matter. And I think that with homelessness, there's so much, there's so much of a deeper level that we don't understand and we won't understand because we aren't, we aren't on the streets. And I, I think that what is really needed, if we can't understand it, I think we then just need to open up our hearts and be compassionate to try to make a difference and let someone know that someone cares because maybe that's the first step for someone on the streets to know okay, I can get out of this situation. Someone cares about me. I, I sort of think that that's the, the, the first step in that process. You describe the typical response of a homeless person when you give them a sandwich is, is gratitude. Is there any uh, particular interaction uh, with any individual that you've met on the street that, that stands out for you or that resonates for you in your memory? Yeah, there's, um, there's two. The, there's one that happened years ago when I was still forming one sandwich at a time, and um, I've spoken about this one a few times. It's I was in on 16th Street, and there was a man going through garbage, and once again, acting from into, in my intuitive um, responses, I, I just started talking to him, and I asked him, you know, what he was finding, and just how his day was going. I don't know what I asked him, really. But we started speaking, and he was he was telling me that he has two daughters. He lost a job. He's divorced, and he's trying. His daughters were, they were all living in a shelter together, and he didn't know what to do. And at this point, he was just looking for money or for food because he had to find a way out of his situation. And what really hit me in that moment was how honest he was and how... How safe I felt. A lot of people feel very unsafe um, speaking with people on the streets, but I knew this man didn't mean any harm intent. 
And also he was finding these, these beautiful things in the trash. I think it was a, someone was moving and they threw out a bunch of bags and containers and he found sunglasses and a scarf and all these beautiful things and he was giving them to me. He said, here, would you like this? It was, he became, he became a friend of mine after that day and I, I did realize that he really was just on a mission to provide for his daughters and to find a way out of being homeless. And I, I felt for him and it was something that really stuck with me. And then recently I've become very good friends with a man that we met at a local shelter that we work with um, on a regular basis. His name is Carl, and he is very honest about his struggle. He was, he was a drug dealer, and he was on drugs for about 40 years of his life. And he had an overdose, and he was resuscitated by, by doctors. And even the doctors that saved his life told him that he was a miracle. And from that, his life has changed dramatically, and he, he educates men in the shelter now, and he's completely clean, and he's ready to rebuild his life, and he's so grateful, and he knows that he was given a second chance in life, and speaking with him has, it's changed my life, the, the relationship that I have formed with him and the friendship, and it's also, it's, it's reminded me that even now, when I, I pass people on the streets that are obviously struggling with substance abuse, it stopped me from judging because I think of Carl and I think about the stories of when he, he was addicted to drugs and where he is now and that there's hope for everyone to turn their life around. You said at the outset that, that people generally want to help in your experience. What kind of feedback do you get from your volunteers? We have an amazing group of volunteers. We have all different ages, all different walks of life come in. We've even worked with school programs and corporations to do corporate events. And everyone's been really supportive. And it's beautiful because some volunteers have come up to me and kind of push, you know, ask me to step aside and they'll tell me about a personal experience that they've had with homelessness or someone in their family or even about how they view it now and who, who they are helping now or who they formed a relationship with on the streets. And it's, it's really beautiful because it made me aware that we are making a difference and that maybe our small gesture within our charity is inspiring others to change the way that they feel about homelessness. And I think that the way that change happens is through a ripple effect such as that. You, uh, are a photographer and an artist who's now running a, a small nonprofit. <laughs> what have you learned about uh, starting and operating a charity uh, that perhaps you didn't know a few years ago? Um, it's a lot of work. It's, it's beautiful. There's, there's, it's exciting. It's a feeling of contentment, and it's a, it's a feeling of satisfaction, I don't know the exact word I'm looking for, but it's, it's, it's a deeper feeling that I'm, that I get whenever I'm doing anything with one sandwich at a time that inspires me to keep going. And it's, it's completely worth the long hours and the, the stress of trying to run a nonprofit. So it's, it's something that I, I did not anticipate in my life. But it's also given my life so much meaning, and it's, it's really been a blessing to me. How, uh, how do you measure success for your organization, and, and what goals do you have for the future? 
I would like to personally grow our organization where we can hopefully open up chapters within other cities. I would love to make this a nationwide organization where we're raising homeless awareness around America. Because there's a huge, and worldwide, but there's, there's a, it's a huge issue that, that we face, and there's a lot of layers to it. But I, I would, that's definitely something I hope that we can reach in the next few years. But on a personal level, I measure success in the lives that we touch. If someone comes up to me and takes a sandwich in the shelter and they hug me and they thank me, then I, I feel content and I feel satisfied because I know that we have touched the life of one person. And that's something that goes very far for me. Aaron, how can others who hear this interview uh, who want to help get involved with your organization? We are, you can find us online. Our website is www.onesandwichatatime.org, and it's one sandwich, O-N-E, all sold out, onesandwichatatime.org. We've got all of our information, our mission statement. Um, we have a calendar of events coming up, and we also have our contact information, ways to donate, ways to write to us, and ways to find us on Facebook and social media as well. Aaron Dynan is the founder of One Sandwich at a Time. Thanks for listening to Starting Good. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on our website at startinggood.org. I'm Alex Gramling.